neutral corner. In the neutral corner. Welcome in the neutral corner. Hey guys, um, first thing I want to start off with is I want to say thank you guys for all the listeners, subscribers, the, the people who've liked my channel, um, liked the video. I really appreciate it. Um, I've gotten a lot more viewers and listeners than I thought I would, and um, I'm super excited um, to have you guys. Um, if you guys could do me a huge favor, go on to my Instagram, In The Neutral Corner, and give the page a like. Give the page a like on Facebook, In The Neutral Corner. And, um, you know, Lee, you know, I would love to start opening up, um, you know, a line of communication so we can maybe have, discuss some topics and have some suggestions and things like that. So um, definitely looking forward to um, expanding this project for sure. Um you know, hit me up on YouTube, Silly Psy Guy. Uh, once, once this gets bigger, then I will make it its own YouTube channel. However, um, I'm just going to kind of leave it how it is on, on the YouTube for now. Um, so yeah, again, thank you guys. Um, couldn't do it without you guys. You, you've got me really motivated to keep this going. Um, kind of want to touch on a couple of things. Uh, first thing I wanted to touch on is that there's not a whole lot of local news right now. Um, it's only been a week. It's been two weeks, I believe, since Island Fights. Um, and I don't think there's going to be another one until April, uh, mid or late April. So, um, not going to be a whole lot of local news as far as our amateur fighters that I know of right offhand. I do know that there is one coming up in Crestview, uh, South. Is it Southern Elite Combat uh, in Crestview? I know that's coming up in March, I believe. So that will be one I will cover as more matchup announcements come out and give my thoughts and opinions on that. Um, I did miss a couple matchups uh, from the Game Bread that we announced on April 1st. Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Game Bread 4 is um, going to be presenting an amazing card. Um, and you know, we went over the card last week, so I'm not going to bore you guys with talking about the same stuff. However, I did miss, there are two, there are two women matchups. Um, one of them I'm unfamiliar with either woman. So I just expect, uh, this to be an exciting fight simply because the matchmakers of game bread boxing really don't match anything but exciting fights. So It'll be interesting um, to see that. The second the second women's contest that was announced is uh, Pearl Gonzalez is returning to the uh, squared circle. And um, I've watched her last couple of professional boxing uh, bouts. She's fought for Game Bread a few times now, and she's improving every time. So it'll be exciting to see her. Um, she's done some bare-knuckle fights, uh, BKFC. And so she's no doubt tough as nails, very technical. So it'll be um, be an exciting matchup for sure uh, for the game bread boxing. Uh, two exciting women's matchups there. Um, and that's not all though. But wait, there's more. We have a whole nother local Pensacola fighter going all the way up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to fight on uh, on this card as well. 
Um, he's a local guy, basically another little local legend. Um, his name's Cade Howell. He's the Golden Hammer. Um, this kid is smooth. When you think smooth, you think Cade. Okay. Um, he is uh, trained by his grandfather, Tommy Kimmins, Hall of Fame boxing referee um, with an extensive uh, amateur boxing background as well. He's coached many of fighters around here and now has focused on his um, grandson and Cade. And um, it shows. It really shows. Cade is a training partner of uh, Devin Cushing and trains with Devin and has been training with Devin for many years, and um, they uh, train at the Dungeon, uh, Dungeon Roy Jones uh, Seniors Gym, and so they are under they are under great you know watchful eyes and great coaching, and um, so the cool thing about Cade is that he's real slick. He's got a good jab. Like I said earlier, he's really smooth. He's got good movement and good feints. He draws his opponent out. Um, and, and capitalizes on his opponent's mistakes. He's a very smart fighter, and we like to see that here in the neutral corner. We like smart fighters. We like fighters who set things up and capitalize. So, um, you know, I've watched Cade fight quite a few times, and, uh, you know, his last few boxing matches, um, also for Game Bread Boxing, he has looked great. I mean, he has looked a step ahead of his opponents the whole time, and he's really coming into his own, you know, he's learning while he's in there and you can tell that. And each time he comes out, he's even better. And so there's nothing that makes me happier than to watch fighters, you know, learn every time they're in there, win, lose, draw, they learn. So that is awesome. Um, another little bit, uh, tidbit of news that, um, is, I guess you could consider it somewhat local, uh, because these two individuals have fought for our local promotion, Island Fights, the Pro League, um, for you know many fights, more than a handful of times, each of them. And uh, that is Chris Barnett, old beast boy. He'll be fighting Chase the Vanilla Gorilla Sherman. And um, that fight is actually really cool because... They're going to be fighting each other in the UFC, even though they fought on the same card in Island Fights multiple times. Um, they have fought, uh, uh, they have fought the same opponent, like they fought common opponents, and it's just it's kind of really cool to see someone come up through our own local, basically feeder league. The Island Fights has become a feeder league to the UFC now, so. Basically, to watch them and look like they're on two separate paths to ultimately, you know, cross in the UFC. Uh, that fight's happening, um, I think, uh, April 8th, maybe, in Miami. Um, that's going to be super, super exciting. And uh, Chris Barnett, dude, love watching Huggy Bear. He is, he is just so exciting. And um, I've, I've, I've been able to meet both men and I've been able to speak with both, both gentlemen. And um, I have only spoken to Mr. Sherman a few times. I've only spoken to Chase a couple times. So um, I, me and Chris are, you know, we're a lot, we're a lot closer than, than Chase and I. So I'm going to be rooting for both of them, but to, to come through safely and put on an exciting fight. But of course I'll be rooting for my man, Chris, to pull out the victory. Nothing against Chase, just simply, you know, me and Chris go back. 
Um, I've cornered Chris uh, for multiple fights here at the Island Fights locally. Anytime he comes in town, he hits me up, whether it be to just say hey, to train, or to corner him. Um, he actually flew me out to Las Vegas for his first ever UFC fight and allowed me to be in his corner. And that was one of the best experiences I've ever had as far as in the fight game is being able to fly to Las Vegas and be there and um, get to see the things that I got to see and be in the corner with him. So, um, yeah, man, super, you know, super stoked for that fight and uh, wish the best to both competitors. Um, moving on for, you know, local news, uh, again, last week I announced that, you know, SD Dumas is fighting and, uh, believe that's March 11th. He's fighting in the UFC in Las Vegas, and that's going to be an exciting fight. And he's an exciting up and comer and, uh, really going to be a, uh, a force to be reckoned with, you know, um, we went over him last week, so I'm not going to try to tread too much. Um, I'll go over a little bit of uh, the topic of episode two. Uh, there's been some, you know, uh, a week t basically to digest uh, Alexander Volkanovsky and Islam Makhachev. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. I am going to say that I am really happy that I released that episode when I did because, because um, I released it Sunday morning. I recorded it Sunday morning right after the fight. I released it Sunday morning, and I got to do it before all the other um, MMA media, before all the other people that cover it and um, get to put their two cents in. So I got to give you guys a real, raw feeling of how I'm feeling with no influence other than the post-fight press conferences. And um, they're saying the same thing I said. So that's really cool. You know, Ariel Hawani on his on his big show, you know, he posted it Monday at um, at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon literally the same thing I said word for word. Of course, he doesn't know me and doesn't know this podcast, but it's it's that apparent, right, that there's a difference between a contest and a fight. And Islam, he he did what he had to do to convince the judges, right? But he didn't win a fight. He didn't snatch that pound-for-pound pound ranking out of Volk's hands, right? What's the old saying? To be the champ, you got to beat the champ, right? Well, it's kind of the same thing for pound for pound. I, I, I don't know necessarily the justification. Like, I, I get wherever, I, I get both sides, to be completely honest. Like, I get, like, oh, you won on the points. Like, you, a win's a, you know, a win's a win, but you survived. You weren't there to finish. You weren't there in Volk's face the whole time trying to get him out of there. He was. That's the difference. Volk was constantly in his face, trying to get him out, trying to make sure that he ends the fight and gets his hand raised. And I feel like Islam at some point decided, I'm going to survive. I'm going to do the bare minimum it takes to win. I'm going to do the bare minimum. I'm not going to worry about inflicting damage, which is the number one thing in fighting is inflicting damage. I can go out there and throw 300 punches and you only throw 100. But if my if at the end of the fight, your face and my face, it, it, it looks like one's hamburger meat and the other looks like a model, we know who won the fight. There has to be at some point where the numbers don't tell the whole story, you know? So think about it this way. Uh, I'm not going to harp on this too much, but I did have a couple of examples that I thought was cool. So Volk really only had 
uh, a disadvantage in takedowns and um, control time. Okay, but everything else, he had more total strikes. He had more significant strikes. He was more aggressive. He showed more octagon control, with the exception of a round and like a half a round. Okay, and I get that, but even then, he was trying to do something with it and finish the fight. On the flip side, okay, you have Sean O'Malley landing less strikes, total landing, I guess he landed more significant strikes than Piotr Jan by by 18. And then control time for Piotr, Piotr was 5 minutes and 44 seconds, so a whole round more to 2 seconds, and Sean O'Malley got that win. He got that victory. So where's the consistency there? Where's the consistency? And even in that one, Piotr Jan tried to finish the fight. Like, there's the difference. Islam was holding on for dear life. Islam didn't want to be there. There became a time where Islam was fighting not to lose. Does that make sense? Us fighters can see that. You know, we really can. Um, last thing I'm going to uh, touch on real quick is um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the uh, John Jones, Cyril Gone. You know, I'm a, I'm a John Jones fan. I've been a John Jones fan since, you know, day one. And my man's made some big mistakes outside, but haven't we all? Maybe not the same mistakes he's made. Okay, I get it. I understand that. But we're all young and dumb once, Right? And you give a young, dumb kid a bunch of money, it's hard to be smart. You know, it really is, especially around a bunch of yes men, especially whenever you're beating the hell out of anybody you want to after drinking like a madman. But I still got to go with my man, John Jones. Um, John Jones versus Cyril Gaon is a very interesting matchup. They're very similar as far as they use movement and range strikes, and they use their kicks to keep their range, but... I think John Jones is going to use his wrestling, first of all, to negate those things. I also think John Jones will hold some of his speed. Yeah, he put some muscle mass on, but, you know, he took three years to do so. He took time to do so. He did it the right way. And for anybody here who thinks, oh, ring rust, et cetera, et cetera, that might be true. But for the most part, you think John Jones, the youngest UFC champion ever, the most winningest UFC fighter. Do you think that he really spent any time like that not training? I mean, he is the way he is for a reason. His brothers are both in the NFL for a reason. There is a gene in that family where they are obsessive about their craft and they will do what they have to do to get where they have to be. John Jones did it the right way. You can say whatever the hell you want, man. You know how many people have tested positive for steroids? Just because GSP wasn't caught, you think you're sitting there and you're trying to tell me with a straight face that MMA in general, the most one of the most one of the most brutal sports on the human body, you're going to tell me they're all clean? Hey man. It's okay to be gullible. It's okay. Um but you know, I think people are worried about John Jones because of the layoff and because of the last couple of fights at light heavyweight. 
Um, the, the one thing I want to say about that is, is it's hard for me as a pro fighter. If I don't have a fight signed, if I don't have something to motivate me, it's harder to be in the gym. I'm not saying I'm not in the gym, but I'm saying it's harder to be there. That oomph, that pep in my step, that excitement, that tingle in my balls is not there because there's nothing coming up. There's nothing to look forward to. Yes, I'm mastering my craft and I'm in love with it, but it's not the same feeling as prepping for a fight. Now, now put yourself in John Jones' shoes. You're, you're mad because he didn't look great against Ovince Pru, Anthony Smith, Dominic Reyes. All of them are great fighters, but to John Jones, who are they? Are they Rashad Evans, former world champ, ultimate fighter winner? Are they Leota Mashida? former UFC champ. Are they Rampage Jackson? Former UFC champ. Oh, they're not. They're not these world beaters, these creme de la creme fighters. They are the new breed, yes. And they haven't had a chance to be the champion because of John. Yes, I get that. I completely get that. But look at that from John's perspective. I've been fighting the Glovers, the Alexanders. Hey, but look what happened. Didn't take Alexander. He had nothing to be... Nothing to be excited about the first Alexander fight. So they fight. Now the second fight, he knows what happens that first time. And he comes in motivated. What happens? Finishes him. Daniel Cormier. Beat him up the first time. He knew the second time he had more fire. He went in there. And what did he do? He knocked him out. He finished him. When John Jones is motivated, he's the scariest man in the world. And John Jones at heavyweight fighting Cyril Gaon. You think he's not motivated for that? You're silly. Cyril Gaon is a dangerous threat. Cyril Gaon is the perfect, perfect matchup at heavyweight for John Jones to see if that's what he needs to be, where he needs to be. And I'm excited for it, but I think that John Jones' experience and his wrestling is going to be the thing that takes him that victory. I'm not saying I think he's going to finish Cyril, although that would be awesome. If he does finish Cyril, I really do see it being like a choke more than anything, but I see it just being five rounds, a five-round technical bout. So, um, well, you guys, you know, uh, that's it for me. Um, you know, next week I'm going to try to bring on my first guest and I'm going to do that in a two podcast format. I'm going to do a regular podcast like this in which I will be able to keep it short and sweet. And, um, and then the next day or the day after or something within the next day or two, I will release an exclusive interview that will still be the same kind of 20 minutes or so. I'm trying to keep these short and sweet. Uh, the editing is easier that way. And it's, um, it's super easy to ramble, so I could have you here for an hour, but right now we're just going to keep it where we got it. Um, again, go to my Facebook page, go to my Instagram page in the neutral corner, go to my um, YouTube page, Silly Sci Guy. Uh, I will much, much appreciate a like, a subscribe, a share. My TikTok's RJ Summerlin. I post a little bit on there, not a whole lot though. And, um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you guys. I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, Google, uh, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are, I am there. Um, 
I would love to hear out from you guys. And uh, this is In the Neutral Corner with RJ Summerlin. Godspeed.